0: Scripture John 21 verses 1 through 14 After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias and he showed himself in the way gathered there together were Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathanael of Cana in Galilee the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples Simon Peter said to them I am going fishing they said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got on into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, and the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered to him, No. He said to them, Cast the nets to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there are so many fish. That disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty three of them. And though they were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Thanks, Eowyn. Nice
1: job. You may be seated. Just going to get rid of this box elder bug. There we go. Okay, I just want to start out and say, I do not know why Peter was fishing naked. So don't ask me. I don't know the answer to that. It's so weird. He's fishing naked, puts on some clothes, and jumps in the water. I don't know about that. I'm going to start first with a little geography lesson. Um, Vincent has um, a little map. So the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Tiberias are the same things. Um, and a lot of Jesus' ministry um, takes place around this area. Um, but if you lived in that time, in that area, this would have been a pretty regular lake to you. But I want to point out that there are stories in the Gospels that happen here. The story we just heard tonight that Aowen read for us, And then there's another story that happens by this lake, and it's the feeding of the 5,000. And so regular lake, but there's something about this place that's a bit miraculous. But again, I don't think anyone goes to that lake and says it's a miracle lake. It's just the regular lake. So the feeding of the 5,000, I know most of you know that story, but just a little review. Jesus' disciples were out, and they were busy doing all this stuff, and they come back, and they're exhausted, and they're telling Jesus all these things that they've done, and Jesus said, hey, you guys need a break. Let's get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake that's a quiet place, and we'll have time to ourselves. And so as they're leaving in the boat, people see them. And they go on foot to the other side of the lake. So by the time Jesus and the disciples get there, there is a crowd of people in this place that they go so they can have a break, okay? So change of plans. And Jesus looks at them and has compassion for them and starts teaching them. And then the day flies by and all of a sudden they realize it's evening. No one's brought anything. What are we going to do? And the disciples say, what are we supposed to do? We don't have enough money to feed all these people. Send them away. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And so they figure out what they have together. And it's five loaves of bread and it's two fish. And Jesus takes those, that bread and that fish. He looks up to heaven, blesses them. And all of a sudden, over 5,000 people are fed that day beside a lake that is a pretty, pretty regular lake. And then the story that Eowyn um, just read to us, one of the very last stories in the Gospel of John. And so um, Jesus died, the tomb is empty, and Jesus has come to his disciples and promised them that he would send the Holy Spirit because he was not going to stay with them. He was going to go and ascend up to God. And so the disciples are just waiting. Did you ever have those times when you're just waiting? for something to happen. They're waiting for God to make the next move. And so what do they do while they're waiting? They go back to what they know because a lot of them are fishermen. So we hear in this story that they go and Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the disciples say, I am going with you. But it doesn't go so well for them, those fishermen. They catch nothing. And then this voice from the beach calls and says, hey, did you catch anything? And they're like, nope. And the voice says, try the other side of the boat. There's fish there. And so you know the story. They cast their nets on the other side of the boat, and there's so many fish. 153 of them, so many. And Jesus says on the beach, bring me some of those fish that just came to you that you caught. And then he meets them on the beach, and he says, let's have breakfast. And so they have smoked fish and toast together on this beach. And it's there on this lake that they have known a lake that is pretty ordinary to them, that this miracle happens again, and Jesus, over a kind of regular breakfast, creates a new beginning for them and calls them and creates something that wasn't there before. And so one of the things that is important to think about in this story is the regular places in our lives. So here's a promise. God doesn't say, I'm going to be in some faraway holy place or I'm going to come to you when everything in your life is going really good or when you've done a good job, then you're going to find God. No, time and time again, God is showing up in these regular places that we have access to Maybe we work there. Maybe we go there. Those are the places where where we are doing regular things that God shows up. And so, oftentimes, we can overlook those places or what we already have, thinking God isn't interested in those places. But here's our call, our promise, to trust in what Jesus is already doing, in the things that we have, in the places that we know. And Jesus doesn't come to make us look great or make us rich, but to give us a purpose in life so we can receive and extend love and we have the opportunity to begin again. And so tonight, I invite you to think about that. What are those places where you are at often? Where is God in those places? And where has love been made known when you least expect it? So I want to close tonight by reading you this story. I lived very far out in the country and I had just started kindergarten with a lot of kids from town that I did not know. We had an assignment to bring in either a toy or a stuffed animal or something you found in your barn so that we could create a barnyard diorama. I was a little shy and insecure because I knew I was from out in the country and probably look poor to everyone else, and certainly everyone else looked rich to me, so I felt a little intimidated. But Mrs. White was a wonderful lady, very loving and considerate, and she gave us the assignment. She made it very exciting, and I don't think she had a clue that completing the assignment would be a problem for anyone. She said, go home and find something that has to do with a farm animal or a barn and bring it tomorrow and we will, as a group, create a farmyard scene here at kindergarten. We were all very excited about it when we left to go home. But once I got home, I took off my school clothes and I ran outside to play and I completely forgot about the assignment and I played until dark. When my mother got home from work, we came in, and we ate, and we got ready to go to bed. And then I realized I had forgotten to do anything to prepare for the assignment. And so here was Mama, just home from work, tired. And I said, oh my gosh, I've got to get a cow or a hoe or a stuffed animal, something that represents a farm. We looked, and we did not have one single farm yard toy. I didn't have a plastic horse. I didn't have a stuffed cow. We had nothing. So it was dark and it was time to go to bed and I started to cry. I got really upset and I said, I can't go to school tomorrow and not have anything. And mama said, it's too late now. There's no stores open. In rural there were no Walmarts. You couldn't just ride out and get something. And so in addition to getting upset, I started to get a little angry because I felt like my mama wasn't helping me. And she said, well, you should have thought about this when you got home. You waited too long. You weren't responsible. You have to go to bed now. I went to bed upset and angry. And the next morning I got up And the first thing I thought of laying in my bed was, I don't have anything to take to school. Mama worked, so she had to leave early. She left before we got up, and she would leave us breakfast. I went downstairs, and sitting on the kitchen table was a barn made out of notebook paper. She had just taken plain notebook paper and folded it, and she folded the walls, and she folded the roof, And she folded the doors that opened so horses could go in and out. She had shutters on the windows and she had little steps that went up to the loft. And it was just sitting there. It was like magic. I looked at it. There wasn't a staple in it. There was no tape. She had folded a barn for me. I was so happy and so excited when I saw the barn. I was like, I cannot believe she did that. My sister took me to kindergarten, and when I came in, the other kids had bags of store-bought plastic farm animals, and everyone was so amazed at my barn. I felt like I was the most special kid in the class, and my mom was not the origami type, so I have no idea where she learned to do that. I have no idea how long that would have taken her to do or how she figured out how to make that barn. It made me a very happy little girl, and I was very popular that day in school. I felt like a queen, and I knew, too, that she cared. Abundance of love in the regular tables or places in our lives, that's where God promises to meet us, but we never know how that will be discovered. Who will show us that? How we will show that ourselves. But these stories keep coming back to this. That, that is how God chooses to be made known. So each and every week we're asking a question here in worship for you to finish the sermon in your own life. Where is God showing up at your table, those regular places of your life? There's an apron outside on that round table and fabric markers. Write your answer on that. We'll be using those aprons, wearing those aprons as we serve our meal that's coming up in the next couple months. Amen.